I'm Molly. And we almost didn't record this tonight because Molly and I have a lack for not communicating things that are going around in our heads. And so I got home from judo tonight and she was remarking over text and a few other things about how much work you had to do. Mm-hmm. And we decided to go skiing tomorrow. And that added to the work. So I thought, nah, I'll just go skiing tomorrow. We'll record this episode later. And I wasn't even planning on it. I was down there reading for my Bible study in the morning. and So, whoops. My bad. But nobody knows how incredibly late it is. Except no. our children who will suffer from my lack of sleep tomorrow. And us who will suffer from our daughter's lack of sleep tomorrow because we couldn't find her stuffed animal. Yeah. At least she took a nap today. Did you? Yeah, she did. Yeah. Mm. Okay, That's cool. so this goes straight into something I read on the internet today. Ooh. You said we're not communicating about things that are going on in our heads. Apparently, the way we process thoughts is different for different people. Some of us think in full sentences and have a constant narrative going on in our minds. Some of us think in incoherent impressions And the words only get formulated when they come out of our mouths and we think, have to think about how to translate this like impression into words. Some of us think in pictures, literal pictures. Some of us think in actually seeing words as the narrative is going through our minds. And some of us think in a combination of all of these different things. Huh. And I have not, apparently the researcher who discovered this gave like a bunch of people beepers. And when the beeper went off, they had to stop and figure out really quickly what was going on in their heads. Like, was I, was I walking down the street and I was narrating what was going on in my mind? Or was I just kind of like, like aware of what was going on, but there weren't actually words going on in my mind? Um, and I haven't had time to actually stop and think what category of those I fall into. For sure, I talk to myself out loud when I'm in the car yeah, by myself. Well, you talk to yourself out loud every now and then in the kitchen, too. That's true. So I must be a constant narrative I, person that I just emerge <laughs> occasionally. Like, just, what are you talking about, Molly? Like, I, 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 was, I, talk, I was saying something? Yeah. I must, going on about something. I must oh, be a constant narrative person, and I'm not even aware of it. <laughs> That's funny. Well, for the record, your dad does the same thing. Only his narrative is... Yeah, and there's just a few expletives thrown in there, too. Uh, that's funny. I don't know. Now that you bring it up, you had me like thinking about it and I was thinking about a combination of, I think, I think in full thoughts and sent like if you were to, yeah, full thoughts and sentences. I think you Um, do too, because you will jump into a conversation with me mid conversation and I have yes. to be like, back up. And in your mind, there's already been an entire dialogue. Apparently, there are also people who have multiple. And, and like, we're not talking like, like crazy people. We're talking there are people who will have multiple narrative voices or dialogue voices going on in their head, narrating what's going on. And like, they're all them, but they're like different omniscient narrative. <laughs> Going That's on. not me. I've got one usually, and I go through, I process through particular scenarios. So I'll go down one track and see where it might go. Then I'll go down another track. But yeah, it's funny. I never knew. So until Molly and I got married and she pointed out to me, I had no idea that I was doing that. I had no idea that I would, I would just walk into the room and say something. And she's like, what in the world are you talking about? And I, in the meantime, I'd been having... I had had like 10, 15, 20 minutes of thought process going on. I've been processing this for a while in my head. And I just, I spit out the, I spew out my conclusion or whatever it is. And you're like, huh, where'd this come from? So it's kind of like the, you know, you're sitting around having a conversation at a table. And all of a sudden you're like, how do we get on this topic? So you have to trace your way back to how you got on the topic. That's what happens when I talk to you. I come in over Mm -hmm. here and you're like, what? That's funny. Yeah. Um, I wonder how those people win arguments in their heads or if they can like the people who 
don't think in narrative or in words. If like when you're in the shower and you're winning an argument, the per, you know the stereotypical. Yeah. Um, like how do you do? Do they? Then... So you win arguments in your head with whoever. Well, with whoever. When you're in the shower. Okay, how do you do it though? Are, are you working out the dialogue as it's going on, or are you formulating images and then translating? No, I'm working out the dialogue, including hypoth- hypothetically what the other person would very dumbly say um, to make themselves look bad, and then I'm reacting to what I imagine they're saying. I love being in my own mind sometimes. It's great to be like perfect. <laughs> it's funny. I was writing. I was thinking about processing this screenplay and I was doing some edits today and I have impressions of scenes or like emotions that I want to convey in a scene but I don't have dialogue for it yet like I look at them like I, I know how I want this particular scene to feel I know kind of and I'll picture like I'm writing a fight scene right now and I'm picturing it in my head first before I translate it to words um, obviously it's visual, so you have to picture it in your head first, but there's sometimes I'm just, I picture like this dialogue between two people, but I don't have any words for it yet, but there's an emotion carried there between the two people that I have to like add stuff to. So maybe it's, but I don't think I do that in real life. Maybe I do. I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Yeah. It's kind of hard to figure out how you would figure that out without somebody interrupting you. Yeah. In the middle of whatever you're doing. Let's um, let's interrupt each other in the middle of whatever we're doing all week long, rest of the week, and see how we process <laughs> things. Although, you know, every now and then, growing up, not I mean, pretty regularly, my mom would be like, what are you thinking about? You know, you're driving in the car or something. Mm-hmm. And I'd, like, regularly be like, I don't know. Like, I think, like, and not because I didn't want to share. Like, my mind legitimately felt blank sometimes i have never had that experience i've always wished mind and longed for that experience because i've always got something going on in my head if you if you ask me what i'm thinking about and i say i don't know i don't want to tell you (laughs) good to know 11 and a half years of marriage and i'm getting very useful information yeah i'm like no i don't want to tell you like there's always something going on in my head like always Always. That's exhausting. Always. Yeah. It's just constant. I don't have any rest. Okay. I want to go back to a conversation we had last Friday, speaking of things that are going on in your head. And we didn't God, get to... I don't to... remember last Friday. What well, we... I'm going to refresh okay. you. So I'm thinking about... Oh, speaking of which, and the fact that we don't communicate very well until we actually sit down and talk. Oh. Like right now with a microphone between us. We text a lot. What? We, can, for... we don't actually anymore. What oh, day is the Ski Patrol Gala? Saturday. Saturday what? Is the it 15th. Valentine's Day weekend? No. Yes. It's is that also Day President's Day weekend? Because President's Day weekend is when we don't have our kids' ski class, right? I... Okay, this we don't have to work this out. Random right now. thing to talk about. It on is the super show. random. I was telling somebody at church today. Uh, um, yeah, it's kind of looking that way. Yeah, seventeenth is President's Day. Okay. So poor planning on the part of those presidents to co- overlap with Valentine's Day. Um, okay, fifteenth. Good. We've got they, that down. What they wanted to do is they wanted to try to spin politics so that we love. Our presidents and our politicians. It yeah. was a marketing is a marketing tactic. No. No. Okay. Um. No. So. So. If you recall, squirrel. I was telling you, <laughs> squirrel hitting a smart car, and the squirrel, squirrel came a smart... away unharmed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was thinking about what my internal monologue will be like at an event. Where I know like three people. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, at least one of the other people there is an introvert and we can be wallflowers together, I assume. Brianna, this is me like doing the I thing with you. Like I'm counting well, and, on you. And Becky's an extrovert. I so know. she'll so, carry the whole conversation for you guys. Unless she does what you do to me at events and just leave us to go hang out and socialize. 
That's mm-hmm. what extroverts do. So I I was contemplating, and this is I I know I brought this up with you. The what goes on in your mind? What's your internal monologue? Because now we know that there is an internal monologue. Always. What's your internal monologue when you are at something like like a fundraising dinner or an event? Oh, oh, you're gonna love this. I don't have an internal monologue. I don't. Are have you just one. like? I am, I am completely <laughs> processing because the moment you said that I was thinking about like, okay, what's my internal monologue when I go to the, like I was at the gym today. I didn't have an internal monologue at the gym. There was none. I was totally focused on working out. Just boom. And people came up and said, hi, I'd be like, hey, how you doing? You know, it's like I was completely, you know, occasionally in my so mind your internal wanders, monologue is the workout. Yeah, that's my, yeah, yeah, there would be. And so like at a, at a gala like that, it would be my internal monologue would, would sort of, there would be some decision making involved. Like how do I, you know, the, the, the normal stuff when you converse with somebody. How do you phrase something? How do you interpret what they're saying? You know, what is their body language telling you? Are they distracted by what you're talking about? Are you, are you boring them? Are, uh, are you, are, am I asking enough good questions? You know, am I being well liked right now or am I being obnoxious? That's a big question. Am I being really obnoxious? Do you really right think now? about that? Always. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Sometimes I de- there's a lot of times I'm deliberately obnoxious, um, <clears throat> you know. So my my I don't my internal monologue is like the, there's the normal things, but it's just I'm in the moment quite probably quite literally. I don't have I don't have time. I don't have energy. All my energy is being expended on external interface. I don't have time for any internal interfaces going on. I'll process later. What about when we have people over? Same thing. I won't process. I'll process later. There are so many times. When people go away and I'm like, was I just a real jerk to them? Man, that was a bad comment. I shouldn't have made that comment. And I'll reflect on everything I might have said or done. But in the moment, you're just in the moment. I'm just I'm just reacting and doing and going. Yeah. So. See, when we have people over and I'm genuinely engaged with them, I'm not doing a lot of reflection either. But when we're at like a big event and you go do your extrovert thing and you leave me, it's just me and my thoughts. And I'm, you know, constantly just feeling out of place, looking to identify other people who are out of place, not necessarily so I can hang out with them, but so I can make myself feel better that there are other people who are also uncomfortable at this event that I don't know and who might feel this tornness of well we're paying a lot of money to be here and it's supposed to be really fun so I should be trying to have a good time but certainly isn't a great time for me because it's a bunch of people I don't know and I don't necessarily like if I'm in an environment of people that I don't know where there's I guess for lack of a better word like there's a ministry opportunity there these are people I don't know who whom I feel should be sought out and have conversation made with so that they feel more comfortable, which I guess now that I'm thinking about it should be in any circumstance. I should be looking for people like that, right? But for example, at church, I have been the odd person out at church so much that I always have an eye for that person is alone and looks uncomfortable. And Sometimes I don't even just send you over. That's most <laughs> and of the tell time. you to talk to. Hey, them. go talk to that person over there. I that guy that you did not end up talking to at church the other day was probably super interesting. That older guy. I wasn't in the mood to like. I you know. See, I got, but that's I got, why I married. I mean, that's not why I married you. you know, I got problems with church these days. I just I go to church and I don't really want to interact with anybody except my friends and then go home. That is a problem. But see, I I often feel compelled. Because I've been that person in a variety of different churches that nobody talks to, that feels out of place. Church is the worst. Rosaria Butterfield is great on this. Churches are terrible. Churches, well, every everybody's terrible. But churches, we have expectations in churches. And, um, and one of the expectations legitimately is if this is the family of God, we should feel like family. And so I think it's, it's, it's extra alienating and painful 
to be at a place where you know from from scripture legitimately that you should be welcome and should feel part of the group um and when you don't for whatever reason i mean there are a zillion reasons some of which have to do with just being in a fallen world some of which have to do with ourselves and some of which have to do with the fact that everyone around us is also a sinner but i am attuned to that and will approach someone and strike up a conversation and bend over backwards to try to make them feel welcome. But if I'm at like a fundraiser and there's other people who are feeling awkward, well, those poor schmucks are just poor schmucks, just like I am. Um, the family I analogy just only end up spending a lot of time feeling awkward and uncomfortable. The family analogy only really works if you've got a good family. A lot of people just don't like being at family gatherings. They don't, but but there's still a knowledge that, excuse me while I burp. Um, don't suppress the burps. It's the grossest thing ever on the microphone. Um, just edit. I'll just edit that out. I bet you couldn't hear it. I have a very fluffy sweatshirt that I just <laughs> this, burped into. This is a really good microphone. Okay. Well, we'll see. Um, I... I think that even though, yes, a lot of people come from broken families, um, just like the God is our Heavenly Father analogy, Mm -hmm. um, even though a lot of people have less than ideal earthly fathers, there's still inherently a sense of knowing what the ideal, to use the the Plato term, the, the ideal of a father should be. And so when you say God is our heavenly father, there are very few people who, for whom that doesn't ring with the truth of what a father should be like. And I think that when you say the church's family, even people who come from very, very broken families know intuitively that you're speaking in an aspirational sense. But yes, for sure, the church often looks a lot more like the dysfunctional family that is portrayed in every movie that has a family gathering than than the ideal of a family. You bring up an interesting thought. Um, I would much rather... So I patrolled yesterday up at Red Lodge Mountain. And the other patroller I was with, the other volunteer I drove up with also goes to church with us. And so we decided to head over. (laughs) He was super funny. We're getting ready to leave and we're walking out of the patrol office. He's like, you know, I haven't been to the stube, beer stube. We call it the stube. I haven't been to the stube since orientation. And in my head, I'm like, oh, he's, he's, he wants to go. Sweet. I was like, well, you want to, let's go. I'll buy you a beer. Let's go. So we went up and had, uh, a couple of drinks and, you know, just struck up all of the pro patrollers were up there. And um, there was one gal we were talking to and she's, she goes, well, you guys, how do you guys know each other? You guys talk like you know each other. And Derek's like, oh, we go to the same church. And she's like, church? Oh. And I just, I started laughing and Derek and, you know, my buddy Derek's like, well, what, what is that? Why do you, why do you react like that? And so we started down that road like really you know kind of talking a little bit about why um you know certain people have certain attitudes towards things i find that way more interesting and way more enjoyable than reaching out to somebody at church on a sunday like hey do you want to come over for that i don't want to do that and i think as i reflect why it's I would rather go to a bar and talk to somebody about Jesus than go to church and talk to a stranger about Jesus. Is I, It feels more like work at church. Like I'm compelled to. I have It's my duty. And I don't like to do that on Sunday. Sunday is like our only day to just not do anything. And it it's, it's kind of tiring, which is silly because it shouldn't be. But it is. Now everybody at church who listens to this podcast is going to go well let's not talk to JR at church on Sunday (laughs) (laughs) go talk to Molly she feels guilty if you look lonely and she'll talk to you (laughs) no she'll send me over go talk to me I don't want to to no my problem at church is that I'm always juggling cranky kids 
Yeah. Yeah, so if you're at a party, what is helpful? So if we were going to help out, uh, if you were going to tell me how to help you at an event, a social event, or if we were going to help a listener, like think through how does uh, an extrovert who thrives on that kind of thing um, still make an event like that enjoyable for their introvert um, significant other? I haven't really thought about that ever, but two things come to mind immediately. One is providing other introverts that I know so we can sit at the table together. I assume we'll have a table. I don't know. I hope we're not standing around like bar heights. I've never been to this thing. I don't know. Well, anyway. I'm working the door though. Anyway. Oh, you, oh, you're working. We're all working. That's why we're all bringing our wives. We have... I had no idea about that. That makes it even worse. Like, you're not even going to hang out with me. Why are you taking me? No, you won't. We're you're all working taking, the we're door. All taking, we're all, we all want our wives to go, but we also realize that we're all going to be kind of tied up, like, serving. Because it's a gala. We all... Like, the patrollers... One of the guys actually cooks all the food for this thing. And But we all want to bring our wives, but none of us wanted our wives to be alone. So we figured if we all see, bring our was, wives and you guys helpful. are all friends, see, see having... then you guys can hang out with each other while we're all doing our stupid thing. It's not stupid. It'll actually probably be kind of fun. Um, of course it'll be fun. You're an extrovert and you're hanging out with all these guys that you've spent every Saturday with. Monday. For Saturday, and all Monday. fall. Every Saturday. Three hours yeah. every Saturday, all fall. And now every Monday for the last two months. But I haven't seen some of some of the people I hung out with on Saturday. I have not seen since the last. Cool, class so it'll be an Saturday. awesome extrovert reunion for you. So bringing bringing <laughs> bringing friends and fellow introverts is helpful. Okay. Um, also, this won't apply here. Would be the don't run off and leave me to be sociable with people that Oops. you have just met, um, because that is oh yeah just your typical Matt. modus. Right. Op- well, not just Matt or just your friends, you know. Like when we've gone to other places where you're like, oh, I know this person from the bank and I know this person from this. And I'm like, I don't know them. I don't know their wives. So I'm and just, you don't want to talk to them. Here I am by myself. Yeah. Um, I would. Those are the those are the two things that I would say. But the don't run off and leave me um, doesn't apply here because you'll I, be working the door. It gets even better. You guys, we're all going to jump into a van with like there's gonna be like six couples in a van driving for an hour on the way up there and molly hasn't met one of the couples at all really which couple is this libby and her boyfriend oh it'll be super fun she's an extrovert i'm sure he's an introvert you don't know him but she's like a massive extrovert okay she's super fun um well but when you're in a van you have no obligation i mean you can let everybody else i have no carry on that conversation um, Except try not to be obnoxious. Not here and not right now. I need to ask you about the dress code. So make a mental note that you need to tell me. I think we're all wearing ski patrol sheet t-shirts. So I don't. I don't have. No. Oh, so about this it. isn't it's like super, a. What no. is called a gay? Okay. Here's another thing. I have a question for you. You said expletive earlier. It's expletive. Oh. It's not a. It's not a long e, right? In the middle. I don't know. Is it a gala or a gala? That is actually. De- quite heavily right now okay. amongst the patrollers because I actually like I've just always said gala um, because I think near as I can tell and you guys can correct me you dialect people can correct me but I feel like English is one of the only languages where we go a um, everything else is ah around the world when they're pronouncing that vowel so I was always like gala but then we have a couple of the guys going, I'm really pushing for trying to get him to say gala because gala just sounds bleh. And gala sounds wonderful. And I mean, gay for happy, you know, it kind of makes sense. But uh, I don't know. I have no idea. So if you guys have a preference, tomato, tomato, um, you can, uh, you can. I don't you know. know. I'm not coming up with anything immediately on Googling it. But um, here's another question. What am I drinking right now? I don't know. Apple Crown. Oh, Apple uh, Crown Royal. Apple. Is it Royal or Royale? Because it ends in an E. Again, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't it embarrassing to be a forty-year-old, fairly educated human, and be like, I, I don't know how to pronounce that. Not really. Not but for there me, was but a I'm word not too long ago that I was 
I I was like I sh- ex- exploitative exploitative. That's another I one. I thought it was exploitative, uh, but I was thinking I was gonna say that with regard exploited. to to the production of pornography in a conversation, and I ended up talking around that word. Yeah, I've because actually apparently the, my internal monologue was far enough ahead of what was coming out of my mouth that I was like. I want to sound intelligent, and I, in the moment, am not sure how to say that word, That's so funny. I'm not yeah. going to say it all. I'll, I'll substitute words, and I'll be like, I, I'm going to beat around that bush. I had an aunt one time. I'll never forget this, and I don't know why, because I, I guess it must have been, I thought it was super funny. I had probably seven or eight, but the family came to visit us here in Billings, and we drove by a gas station, and she had this odd knack for reading out all of the signs that she passed. And I don't know why I'm not going to say which aunt. It you is. don't say which aunt. Cause she might be listening. She might be listening. Um, I don't think she does, but she might be. To be fair. Know. You have a lot of ants. <laughs> so the statistics, so take your pick guys. Yeah, um, ladies, it's probably not you. Uh, if you're listening. Yeah. But anyway, so we were driving by one of the gas stations and she said, Oh look, there's a Kanako. And I was kind of like, that's Conoco. No, it's Kanako. God, this is super funny. I'm just people pronounce things differently regionally, I guess. Um, do you feel like I feel I feel like introverts kind of get the short end of the stick on things? Do you feel like extroverts get the short end of the stick? Like, or do you no. feel like we have it all together? Like we've got the better end of the deal? Um, depends on how you define the better end of the deal. I think our modern culture favors extroverts in the work environment someone who can work work the crowd who can walk in and feel comfortable in a meeting room um someone in the church environment there's crowds everywhere you go so there are books being written about there are multiple books if you google or not google if you look up on amazon books about introverts in the church you're gonna have a whole bunch of books there are no books sympathizing with being an extrovert in the church. There are books about being an introverted mom and having a lot of kids because that in itself is contrary to what fuels you and what feeds your nature. Being surrounded by a small circus all day inherently drains an introvert and doesn't inherently drain an extrovert in quite the same way. So um, it's not, I mean, that's not, modern society that's just life so i'm i don't want to know that there's lots of books out there i want i want to know from an introvert what where is your where's your thought process on this where do you feel like you fit where do you feel like introverts fit in the church where at where do you what the where their strengths lie what do us as extroverts and if the culture idolizes this um and it's not a good uh, emphasis on extroverts. Where do the introverts fit? Because me as an extrovert, I like I can't really comprehend, um, you know, a life outside of like other people. And it, it seems weird because you have all of these, uh, you know, the Christian life specifically is built around community relationships, well, that, etc. Yeah, and, it's not that introverts are anti people. Introverts lose energy. Our, our, our batteries are being drained by being around other people, but we still need and love other people. It's that um, alone time tends to recharge us where an extrovert tends to come away from a party. An introvert can enjoy a party and often does enjoy time with people but often comes away from that time also feeling physically and mentally drained, um, just tired out from expending energy on other people. Where, I th- from what I understand, an extrovert tends to get fired up and have extra energy from having been around other people. So I think that every aspect of our society needs all of these different personality types. Because we all have different things to offer and different perspectives and advocate different activities and things like that. I mean, I've even read 
on, I know that Myers-Briggs is so passe now because everyone's all about the Enneagram, which I haven't even looked at. You're looking at me cross-eyed. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. Any, it's, any, any, Enneagram? Anagram? No. Enneagram? I'll tell you. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that right now. Anyway, <laughs> let's, let's go back to Myers-Briggs. Um, and I, I saw an interesting thing a couple of years ago talking about the type of reading that different Myers-Briggs personality types tend to gravitate toward for their relaxation reading. Oh, that's interesting. And it nailed yours. It was the fantasy and historical fiction. Anything that doesn't make me think too hard. We can just escape into a world and it's just outside of Yeah, but like I don't do other worlds. Those stress me out. Oh, that's funny. This world is stressful enough. Even just... trying to figure out the world of Tolkien, I the books are just too oh. much for me. I I enjoy the movies because the world is put together for me and I don't have to like figure it all out in my mind. But trying to figure out everything going on in his books is fascinating on an intellectual level and completely exhausting. I cannot read Tolkien for fun. I could read him when I'm interested, but not for fun. It's not mm. relaxing to me. And um, where um, I'm more of like realistic fiction where there's identified, like classic Austen, like Jane Austen would be relaxing cool. to me because I can identify with the characters and just kind of get lost in the story and just not have to think too hard. Like you don't have to think too hard about a fantasy world. That stresses me out. I don't have to think too hard That's about so getting into somebody else's mind and just experiencing some of their life for a little bit. Of I time. feel like there's enough, like I get enough of that in the, re in the real world. So why do I want that in my in my free time? Like that's my daily life. I don't need that in my free time. I want to get away from that and get to something else. Like even when it comes to movies, I don't like movies that are super realistic. Like you have to suspend, you know, you know, your your realism at some point. But I don't want to I don't want to watch a movie about divorce or family drama or life like it's or romance. It's like I have enough of this in my life already. This is why we this don't is watch stressing movies me out. together. <laughs> these movies stress these movies stress me out. Like I get stressed out by like realistic movies. I you know, it, it just it's this. I don't that's funny. Yeah, we don't watch a lot of stuff. There's some stuff we like. There's there's a nice We have some we have overlap. A balance. Yeah, we can find a yeah. balance in there. Um I have one more yeah, internal monologue from this weekend. That I thought you would kind of get a kick out of Gosh, me. Gosh, I'm going to remember this weekend. Banging up. Well. Oh, we had the Super Bowl party on Sunday. We okay. did. Yeah. Do you remember what we did a couple hours before the Super Bowl? <laughs> yes, I <laughs> okay. do. So, so Sunday afternoon nap. I'll just say that. And That's all that needs to be said. And let the listener understand. <clears throat> so I'm driving, you know. Sunday afternoon nap was brief. <laughs> and then I went to do... you had some errands. So I had errands to do. And I'm driving down the street, and I'm thinking about an article that I read not too long ago that says that um, this... I think it might have been from the Gottman Institute. They do all sorts of studies on what makes relationships last. And this particular study that I'm thinking about as I'm driving down King Avenue is that... And this is total clickbait. Couples who have the most satisfaction over the long term in their marital intimacy have this trait in common. Oh, my gosh. I don't even click on those. Well, this is... I mean, yeah. Okay. So the trait that they have in common is they cuddle afterwards. Well, why wouldn't you? We never cuddle afterwards. We either go on errands or we go to sleep. Uh, define cuddle. Okay, I'm not. In my definition, we don't cuddle afterwards. In my definition, we definitely cuddle. Okay. And I won't get into the specifics, but <laughs> you just naturally 
finished. See, in my mind, I'm picturing like lying side by side, arms around each other, and falling asleep after, like, you know, and waking. We're always too hot. We can't cuddle afterwards. We have to push away. So... <laughs> Get away. No, yeah. it's the it's. 10.45 and you're like mm-hmm. and I'm like okay because also a good trait <laughs> for marital intimacy is that you're willing the partner with the lower desire is willing to be love well the partner with the higher desire hey how many times should a, should a strong couple have sex in a week as much as makes them mutually satisfied and happy that they agree upon. I can't play a good particular person. I know that, you can't. How many times is that? No, give but, me a number. <laughs> give me a number. No, um, there's a backstory there we'll get into there, later. No, we won't. It's we're, funny. We're, it is funny. Um, so, so I'm driving down King Avenue thinking, second guessing myself because I feel like we're good here. We're both happy we serve each other well in the sense of wanting to not just be selfish, but to have a mutually satisfying relationship physically. But I'm second guessing myself because I'm like, well, we sure didn't cuddle now because I've got stuff to do before the Super Bowl. And then I'm, you know, thinking of these studies and then I'm thinking how kind of silly that that is because if we're happy, just because this study says that this is quote unquote normal or optimal, it doesn't necessarily have to be prescriptive for us. Mm, yeah. And, um, and then in my mind, because apparently I have a fairly elaborate internal monologue now that I think about it, I was <laughs> going to think about, I was probably just talking to myself out loud cause I was in the car by myself and I just had no idea. But in my mind, this is a really <coughs> profound thing to tell the you whole should just world. Turn, you should turn your phone on sometime on record <laughs> while you're in the car and just forget about it for a minute and see if anything comes up. That'd be I hilarious. mean, for sure when I'm trying, like when I'm processing something that I want to write, I do have to record stuff as it comes to me while I'm in the car driving and um, you got to write, you got to record it somehow or it's gone by the time you get to your destination. Um, But no, I was thinking about how we just in so much of life, you can't be looking to studies and you can't be looking to statistics and certainly not to Hollywood or Jane Austen for what's best for your relationship. But you focus on loving the other person well, communicating well in every respect, not just the physical aspect, but um, just this walk of faith that God designed for us, that it has to be very individual, that um, just because we're not cuddling by my definition of cuddling <laughs> for an appropriate, you know, what, what, you know, is it five minutes? I should go back and look at the study. Is it five minutes? Is it three minutes? Is it 15 minutes? Is it an hour? Because we would be exhausted if we had to cuddle for an hour afterwards to feel like we had a good, I would continue laying there, but you always, you typically shove me off at some point because I can't <laughs> you're just like, get because away. you're literally twice as heavy as I am. Yeah, and now they know what position to do it in. There we go. <laughs> no, but also, you know, just, I don't know, somehow then in my internal monologue, and that goes to, like, we are not exciting. No, we are not. But it's again, the most like. boring podcast ever. No, I'm not thinking about the oh. podcast. <laughs> I think we're excited. We don't have to be again. Define, define exciting. exciting. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, Stop. nobody would be making movies about us. I'm gonna name this the Bill Clinton podcast. <laughs> podcast. No, that we are not nearly that exciting. Define. Oh, that's true. Define. I didn't yeah. get your reference there. Oh, sorry. No, it's a it's a reference to find, not a cigar. Define. Reference. Do was we that, have a dog barking? Was that a baby or a dog? Did you lock the door? I did. Did you set the alarm? I did not set the alarm. Okay. It's just one bark. I don't know. Dogs. Dogs. Um, and they bark at nothing. Yeah. 
But no, so um, so just on this topic, because apparently this is a topic I like to talk about. <laughs> Um, did you know, I don't think you know this about me. I'm, I'm going to keep my mouth. I'm going to keep the show appropriate. <clears throat> I don't think you know this about me. <clears throat> my senior year of high school, I was voted most likely to have 2.3 kids or whatever the, whatever the 2.25 kids or something. Oh, whatever that statistic was yeah. for a while. So, so basically I was voted by everyone in my senior class that I was the most average person in my class. And of course I was the most obvious average person because if I was an unobvious average person, they wouldn't have voted me the most average person. But, um, I was that really quiet, kept to myself, obviously thought I was better than everyone else that I wasn't deigning to interact with, but have very few ongoing relationships from high school. Um, because I was not, outgoing was not in the party scene didn't I mean, not even just the party scene none of the surprises engaged me. in really any of the social life of my high school and yet enough people knew of me to put me the most average person in our class and i i just kind of wonder if you know if being any of voted, those people by definition being voted the most average person makes does not me like make the best most average. average person it makes you not average <laughs> Nobody average gets voted best average. The other funny thing is the moment you said that I had a DC talk lyric run through my mind. Two cars, two kids and a wife. I don't know that DC talk lyric. It I think I stopped just listening to DC talk when I left high school. But I just thought that was funny because you're yeah. always chatting me about my CCM knowledge from the And you've 90s. got that. You've you got that. a song lyric run through my head. We'll have to, we'll have to put that in the I show. I didn't know you were voted most average. Yeah, I was voted most average but i had the joy of not being voted anything ever because you were homeschooled right. are we ruining our kids because they don't get to be voted most average no i think we're ruining our marriage best because, eyes because they best they're they're smile. around they're around i'm being selfish they're around all the time they wear us out and they wreck our relationship we don't have any time to ourselves we can't write as much as we want to look at us sitting here we talking can't... look at all this time we have to ourselves we're talking about all the sex we have they're not ruining our relationship it's 11 o'clock at night and we're getting up. I'm getting up to go to my Bible study in the morning. I only got an hour and a half of writing done today because I went to the gym. I babysat a child all morning, which was fine. She was fun. A lot of people would quibble that it's not babysitting when you're a child. I have no response to that. <clears throat> I don't either. You chose to take her. I know. I was trying to make your life a little bit easier. She does make my life hard. Anyway, she I was just super fun. She she got cranky because you I fed her French her. fries. The child <laughs> has not eaten a healthy meal in several weeks because she f she had the toppings off of my all meat pizza, cheese, sausage. I think there's some bacon. Okay, in there, I had a battle with her while you were at judo tonight, where I was not going <clears> to <throat> let her have any other food until she ate her soup. And she literally, at least she didn't throw it on the floor this time, but she shoved it away from her and screamed no at me. And then I would turn around and she's opening the chip cupboard. And then she's dug into the cooler bag that I haven't emptied out from when we took, when we went skiing and it's got a bag of animal crackers in it. You should have seen the satisfied smug grin that 21 month old child gave me when I discovered her eating animal crackers after refusing her any food until she ate her soup. Did you spank her? I didn't spank her. I just took the bag away and then she screamed at me for a while. And then she found a bag of crackers on the table left over from the other night. But then I feel like I kind of got the upper hand because I was eating a stick of celery because I read something online the other day about how good celery is for you. It's got mm -hmm. a lot of vitamin C if I remember correctly. I like so, it with peanut butter. So I'm eating, I have a lot of raw celery if you want to do that. So I'm eating celery and she's like, me, me. So I give her a stick of celery. I kid you not, that kid ate two entire stalks of celery and then half an apple. That was her dinner. She never touched her soup, but she ate two whole stalks of celery and half an apple for dinner. I think she's getting to the age where she's trying to assert authority and we're starting we have to crack down now. she's i authority but also 
she's at the age where she's figuring out that she's an individual because babies actually don't have they don't even have what's the Mm. word i'm looking for they don't have a sense of self they actually when they're born see themselves their identity as an extension of their mom and they actually don't have like their central nervous system is not processed enough to have to process their emotions. So if they're mad or scared or excited, their cortisol levels raise and they have to be able to have comfort come from mom as well as look at mom's face in order to even know how to interpret what's going on in their own brain. And they gradually develop the brain capacity to process their emotions and to self-regulate And she's now at an age where she's figuring out that she's her own person and that she has Mm. desires and whatnot. And you know what's great about this? We figured this out at child four. (laughs) (laughs) It's fascinating. The other three are screwed. It's over. Oh, they're well past (laughs) figuring out that they're individuals. They know they are. And they, anyway, I just don't remember losing the food battle because she gets so much sugar compared to all the others that that's that's the french fries and sugar you were really hardcore we were both really hardcore early on and then we you just get overwhelmed by the sheer amount of kids that's why in old school battles they would just overwhelm the other party with tactics get thrown out the window text plans we got an end goal in mind and that angle changes based on the current uh, situation. It started out with like, let's be tactical. Let's take that hill. Now it's just let's survive and remain alive at the end of the war. We're we're now within the castle walls, and they're trying to starve us out. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, they're pouring. Yeah, where was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just I, I don't I don't even know. It's just it's madness. It's madness. We're surviving it one day at a time. They haven't starved us out yet. No, but they sure are trying to eat everything. Yeah, kind of. (sighs) My secret is bread. And I justify that it's not incredibly bad for them because I feed them sourdough bread. And she posts all of her sourdough recipes on Instagram. And um, we're trying to get the blog up, but I'm having a hard time like finding time to write like I want to write. Just uh, life just gets in the way. Yes. But we do choose to do things like go ski for an entire day, like we're going to do tomorrow. But the guys, they got like 27 inches of snow. So it's just epic. And I'm going to do epicness with my daughter on my chest. Don't crash. <laughs> a face full of powder. That would, she would not be, she would not be pleased with that. No, she would not. All right. Well, we are at 48 minutes. Wow. Anything else you want to? You want to convey any more knowledge you want to cast upon? We gave them a lot to chew on tonight. We did. I have more that I could say about marital intimacy, but I could save it for another time. Yeah. And we, we, we can do a recap on, on the gala, the gala, the event. We'll Google um, it and get back to you about how to pronounce it as well as how I survived. Yeah. Kind of what happened. But that's not for another two weeks because we've weeks. now determined that it's mm-hmm. on February 15th. So episode... This is four, five, six, seven? Six. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting tired. I was kind of tired about it. My internal ago. monologue is processing still. It's telling me what, to, what the right number is. Well, you were always better at mental math than I was. Just any math. I was terrible at math. Still am terrible at math. I can't figure out how I actually graduated with a degree without any major math courses. I mean, I think I took an algebra course in college, failed it, and I don't remember ever taking another math class. Hmm. Hmm. So I'm going to blame my struggles teaching our kids math on you. Oh, yeah. They're going to be horrible at math. Maybe not all of them. Somebody had to have gotten the math gene from you. Lily is actually pretty good at it. We'll see where Elise lands. Yeah. Anyway. Poor Titus. I worry about our oldest son. One minute he gets excited about something and then it's like, poof, gone the next month. Hmm. Hmm. So, 
Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? He's a boy. He's a oh. nine-year-old boy. Well, you would expect him to show some interests in something other than Legos by this point in time, right? In reading. He reads voraciously. Okay. That's he something. loves being outside. He's he, he really wants to do the judo tournament in Salt Lake. No. So no. we need to talk about that. Okay. Josh wants to, his coach wants to like watch him, observe him for the next couple of classes though. Big contingent of people going down. Hmm. Okay. Um, I feel like we should have ended this a few minutes ago because everything we've said for the last couple minutes is super not interesting. Okay. So I'll just edit it all out. We'll close the show. Visit us online at toobusytoflush.com. Properly spelled out. Uh, and if you miss that, then that's fine. Um, please subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review and then share us with your friends. That would be super awesome. You can find us on Instagram as well at Too Busy to Flush, probably the most active social media platform we have right now. Um, and uh, I think that's about it. Yep. Yeah. Reviewing and subscribing. I have a goal, Molly, and all of our listeners, that I want to get to the new and noteworthy section on iTunes. We have eight weeks to do it. Nobody really knows how it happens, but they do know it's a combination of downloads and reviews. So that's my secret. That's my plan right now is to get on, get on that. So I'll get that. I'll blast out that mailing list of there's 852 people on that email list right now. I'm going to let them determine. I'm going to take the... You're going to let me edit mine first. Yes. I'm going to take the Amazon... And then I've got to merge duplicates. But I'm going to take the Amazon approach to content. And I'm going to let the user decide whether or not they want to um, subscribe and like and listen to us. Or ignore us. I'm not going to pre-filter like, oh, this person may not like us. Because I know that person. But uh, I'm going to let them decide. That's my, that's my plan. Okay. Well, thanks for giving us your time, if you've made it this far. Yeah, appreciate it. Have a good night, or a good day, or a good morning, whenever you're listening to this. <laughs>